Chapter 23 Bible Training Classes One of the signs of the times is the increasing demand for skilled labor. If a man wishes to help, which is worth low wages, he can go out on a street corner in any city and hire a hundred men in about as many minutes. If, however, he wants to hire a professional tradesman, he may have to search for three or four months to find that man. Cheap labor is plenty, but skilled labor is scarce. Manufacturers say that it is very difficult to find men who can take an idea and build a machine to execute it. Hence, all over the country, technical schools are springing up for training the eye, hand, and voice. There are schools for nurses, journalists, and designers. The world is weary of incompetent help. Wages are no consideration, they say. Only give us men and women who know how. The consequence is that it is becoming more and more difficult for untrained laborers to find employment. The time was when anyone could teach school if he happened to have an uncle on the school board. But now it is impossible to secure a good situation unless one has had special instruction in the art of teaching. Twenty-five years ago, every boy thought he could play ball. But now a man who can really play ball commands a better salary than a college president. The times have changed, and today anyone who hopes to succeed or even keep up with the procession must have a thorough knowledge of his calling. Now I contend that the church should not be behind the world. We too need trained workmen. From every quarter the same complaint arises that churches are not able to find competent men for superintendents, Bible teachers, and leaders in Christian work. Good men are plenty. Men of intelligence and consecration. They know something about the Bible, too, but they do not know how to use it or apply it to the conscience in a way to produce results. The Bible is often called the sword of the Spirit, but of what use is a sword to one who has not taken fencing lessons? His opponent can disarm him in a moment and leave him utterly defenseless. Even so, many Christians who might wield the sword of the Spirit with tremendous power are almost impotent for the lack of a little special training in using the Bible. The day has gone by when the world is coming to the church for the gospel. The only alternative is for the church to carry the gospel to the world. But who is to do it? The ministers have about all they can do. If it is done at all, it is evident that the laity must be pressed more and more into the service. However, the work is too important to be entrusted to bungling hands. Shall men be trained for baseball and boating and not be trained to win souls? God forbid. Wherever else cheap labor may answer, it will not suffice here. I am convinced that one reason more Christians do not engage in personal work is the consciousness of their unfitness for the work and the fear of failure in it. Indeed, I have heard ministers confess that they did not introduce the subject of religion because they feared they might not be able to answer the questions raised. The ignorance of the Bible, which prevails among intelligent people, would be amusing if it were not so painful. I was once summoned to talk with a dying man. He had suffered a severe hemorrhage, and it was thought he had only a short time to live. As I entered the room, he sat in a chair bolstered with pillows, and his face was almost as white as the pillows themselves. I said, poor fellow, you are having a hard time, aren't you? I looked around for a Bible. His wife handed me one, saying, I have just been reading to him from the Bible. What did you read? I asked. 
the first chapter of Genesis. Do you mean to say that you read the first chapter of Genesis to your husband? Yes, she said. I thought I would begin at the beginning. I was amazed, for consider what the first chapter of Genesis says. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. It is all the Word of God, and of blessed inspiration. But think of giving that to an unsaved man for a dying pillow. Yet, that was his own wife doing the best she knew how, and she had attended church and Sunday school all her life. It did not take five minutes to lead the man to Christ, but I confess that I could not have done it with the first chapter of Genesis. Professor Agassiz, when asked what his greatest work in this country was, replied, The scientific training of three men. One of them abandoned my theories entirely, and another renounced my friendship. Nevertheless, I consider my greatest achievement in this country to be the scientific training of these three men. Is there not a lesson here for pastors? Is it not evident that they must do more teaching in the future, even if they do sacrifice some of the preaching? One trained worker is worth a dozen ordinary Christians, and there are scores of choice young men and women in our churches who would welcome instruction in the use of God's Word if it were offered to them. I know of a training class from which three young men started for the ministry. Two young women went into mission work, and one offered herself for the foreign field. Out of another class of sixteen members, two became ministers, twelve went to the foreign field, one became a trained nurse, and one is the religious reporter on a daily paper. Another class of twenty members sent nearly all of them into some form of Christian work. The fact is that when people know how to do Christian work well, they love to do it. Why not have a training class in your church? These are stirring times, and God needs every available worker. Will you be one and advocate for a training class in your community until you get it? 1. The Object The object of a training class is to teach Christians how to use the Bible in personal work. A man might own a whole drugstore, but he would be of little use to the sick if he did not know where to find the drugs or their various medicinal properties. Even so, a Christian may have a Bible that contains remedies for every conceivable spiritual condition, but if he does not know where to find them or how to use them, he will have little success as a soul winner. The training class shows how to diagnose a case, what remedies to use, and where to find them. Furthermore, it awakens an interest in religious work, which nothing else will. It is a law of human nature that when one first learns how to do anything, he is eager to try it. My experience shows that just as soon as a Christian knows how to lead another to Christ or deal with any spiritual difficulty, he goes about looking for a job. If all our church members were thus watching for souls, a great many more would be saved, and their own souls would be wonderfully enlarged. 2. The Method If an hour a week can be secured for the meeting, it would be well to spend the first part in the study of some book of the Bible taking a few chapters each week and carefully studying their contents. Some might prefer to take up the study of doctrine. The Moody Bible Institute has a number of courses in the study of the Bible and methods of Christian work. They have a course on personal work and one on evangelism, the latter prepared by the author of this volume. 
For information, address the Correspondence Department, 153 Institute Place, Chicago. The latter part of the hour should be devoted to typical cases, such as those who are indifferent to religion, those who wish to be saved but do not know how, those who have difficulties, the excuse-makers, those who are resting on false hopes, or those who hold erroneous views of the Bible. In the treatment of these cases, consider first the cause. What is the probable cause of this condition of mind? There may be many possible causes, and it is well to consider all that can be suggested. This affords a fine opportunity for the study of human nature and character analysis. After discussing the possible causes, take up the cure. There must be a cure somewhere in the Bible. What is it, and where is it? Some will suggest one passage and some another. Compare them carefully, decide which is best, and put the result in your notebook. Ask the class what examples can be found in Scripture which illustrate the case in hand. Ask them if they know personally any case of this kind. Select two or three verses for each character and require the class to commit them to memory. Review them all at each meeting until every member can give them accurately with chapter and verse. Some may think it unnecessary to learn chapter and verse, but insist upon it, and soon they will recognize its value. If they write the verses for each week on a card and carry it with them, they can easily commit them at odd moments. Occasionally, it is good for the leader to impersonate a character. He can say, Now class, tonight I will assume that I am an infidel or a spiritualist. You claim to be Christians? Convince me that I am wrong and lead me to your position. This is a fine practice for the class and enables the leader to point out any flaw in their argument or any inaccuracy of statement. For instance, one might claim that the Bible was inspired and the leader would reply, I do not believe it. It may be that God could inspire a little pile of paper, but I doubt if he ever did. Oh, I mean that the authors of the Bible were inspired. Well, if that is what you mean, why not say so? Learn to be exact in your statements. If one cannot get an evening for such a class, I see no reason a pastor could not take fifteen minutes out of the midweek meeting for this work. If necessary, the scripture reading might be omitted for this work, is all scripture. Let the pastor show his people one night how to lead a soul to Christ, using the blackboard and putting on it two or three verses. The following week, he could call for the verses and make the whole company repeat them until all were familiar with them, and then take up some of the excuses that arise in dealing with the unconverted. There would still be ample time for prayer and testimony and at the close each one could be urged to put in practice what they had learned that night. I was suggesting this course in a minister's meeting in Chicago when one of them told me that he had been trying it a few weeks and the attendance had increased threefold.